0: Hi, I'm Edward Sri, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Welcome to the special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, here today with my wife, Beth.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Back on the show, we're doing a special Q&A episode here. Thank you listeners for all the great questions you sent in uh, we were just just moved by how many people sent in questions so many questions came in that we're gonna do this in two parts so this is round one and then expect a few weeks down the road we'll do a round two continuing uh the questions that you all have on marriage particularly around intimacy that we've been looking at for the the last couple of weeks so uh, once again a heads up because of the nature of the topic this is for the adults <laughs> here so families uh, you may want to just just press pause here for those that are listening with your kids and all. We're, we're talking an adult conversation here today. So we're going to just jump, dive in. Are you ready?
1: Well, I want to say something first about the questions. Um, it's humbling to have all of you share your hearts with us um, in a beautiful way. And I just want to make it clear. My husband and I, we don't know everything. We're still very much fellow pilgrims on the way here. Um, so... Yeah, we'll we'll share what we think, but know that this is not like hundred percent stamped and sealed, and this is the truth. You know, like we're we're in it with you. We're figuring this out. So, I just don't want anyone to be like, "Well, the three said," you know, because because <laughs> yeah. we are not the ultimate authority. That's you know our church and Jesus alone. You know, so
0: yeah, and we're gonna share from our experience, and you know, I, we hope it'll be helpful. But yeah, I think we're we're still very much learning, and we were, uh, I think, a number of the questions that were raised were inspiring for us to think about things at a deeper level. So we're grateful for that. Let's jump to uh, one question that came in uh, and I'm gonna read, uh, and a lot of the questions were long so I won't read the whole question. uh, But in this case, I thought I'd read a, a few sentences here because it'll paint a picture of something we often hear from a husband, from a wife, uh, that has a certain struggle on that emotional climate that's so important to have that connection heart-to-heart with a spouse that will make the act of marital intimacy uh, that much richer. And so uh, here's a question that came up. How do I build that part of the relationship when my husband has become so busy with work and has struggled to find good work-life balance while also trying to respect his need for silence? When I want to engage in heart-to-heart conversation, he does not want to talk. He doesn't want to think deeply and has almost always been the one that puts walls up around his heart that are very difficult to get through. My need for the emotional connection has definitely been sacrificed and there is loneliness within the marriage. Okay, so, and and then this woman goes on to ask any advice on this situation. So, honey, what what advice would you have? That's just so
1: hard. It's so hard, especially in the place where you expect, you know, the connection, the intimacy, the most to have it be the most stark of not receiving it so um, I would say keep doing what you're doing the the writer there mentioned praying to Monica and Augustine Saints Monica and Augustine and Ambrose um, I would consider you know Seeking therapy and seeking professional help, if not together, if he's not open to it, then at least for you. And again, you want to find a therapist, a counselor who is marriage friendly. You want to find that out that they're going to be on the side of preserving your marriage. There's a lot of them out there that their primary go to is, oh, you're not getting what you need in marriage. Then you need to get divorced and find a new one. That's not the Catholic view out of the gates. Yes, there are some instances where that may be the safest thing, but... To find a, a someone that can help you, maybe a spiritual director or somebody that can give you ideas um, for your particular situation. I would also say to look for those little points where he is just opening up his heart a little bit, where he's showing excitement about something or um, sharing with you about his work, and look for those areas where you can enter into that with him and also build him up, not just to build up for your own purposes because you want him to notice you more, but to really honor him and show respect for him and to really just show joy and delight within him because that can really be disarming against those walls um, within intimate relationships. Yeah,
0: that's the, the point I think I was going to make here that in the end, we can't change our spouse. Uh, we could pray for it, we can make sacrifices for it. And it sounds like that's what this particular wife is doing. But in the end, we can't change our spouse. What we can do is look on our end. What is it on our end that we could do differently? And I would be open to, you know, really praying through and asking the Lord, is is there something I've done to contribute to the wall going up? Have I been critical? Have I been too needy? Have I been Not
1: available complaining? myself.
0: Yeah. Not available myself. Yeah. And and just ask those questions. And again, that doesn't mean that it's all your fault uh, or even mostly your fault at all. But we can't control the other person. We can try to do what we can on our end. And I, I think what you said, too, to find those places where I can praise the other person, listen to them, get excited about what they get excited about, take an interest in and whenever there is a small thing uh, that's happening there. It's really hard. I know that there's, a, I sensed a lot of loneliness in this question there, and our, our prayers will be for you in this. But thinking about what you could do on your own, not just in prayer, but therapy, and also like other ways that maybe you can make changes.
1: I would also say to pray to his guardian angel and your guardian angel that they can prepare the way for any time where you are interacting um, and that you'll know and see clearly those places where there is, you know, maybe a crack in the wall or maybe is a way that you can enter in. Um, Guardian angels aren't called on as much as they should be. But I know for me, when I've had particular instances with another individual to pray to their guardian angel to prepare the way for whatever um, interpersonal issues there are, has been really amazing.
0: All right, here's another question coming in here from a husband, a dad that says, I work from home and yet the biggest complaint I get from my four daughters is that they don't see me enough. I'm quite busy with my vocation, as well as maintaining our home and the homes of my elderly mother and mother-in-law. I wanna make a point to see them and hug them before school. And we have family dinners most nights. I know Ted is very busy and travels frequently. How does he maintain that sense of being there, of loving connection to each of your children as well as to Beth? So how, I, first of all, I don't know if I do this as well as I should. I was uh, I, I'm sure I have many ways to grow, but honey, how would how would you initially answer? I'll give some thought too.
1: yeah, we don't. We don't have your typical work-family balance life either. I mean, in the three family, we often eat dinner late, 7.30, 8 o'clock, even sometimes. We say it's eating Italian, but hi, we don't live in Italy.
0: I like eating Italian uh, style. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it usually, I mean, we put the accent mark on family dinner mm. together, even when there's soccer practices. So it does make for crazy. But over the years, I've learned to just stop fighting it and to just go with it. I think that we we look we get connection. I mean, you and I do in our walks after dinner, and then drive times. You'll be driving kids places. You just took our oldest daughter at home to college visits, you know. And it's more just, yeah. I mean, it's saying good night. It's being there in the morning, praying together before we leave for school, which is the same that our person writing in here um, is mentioning. I wonder though. And this is this is just the mom heart talking here. It's sometimes we can go through the motions of seeing our kids off in the morning and welcoming them when they come home. But do they see us smiling and do they see us freely delighting in them? Do like when you come in the door, I haven't been great at this lately. Oh, you've been good. But like I've to be like oh, you're home, yay, you know, and not like in a fake way, but be like, "Oh, yay, my husband, I love you," you know? Um, and having that freedom to just yeah, be happy to see them and smiling. Like, I know when I was a young mom, it was hard to smile at my children. But that's been something that I've worked on and yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense here.
0: Yeah, no, I I think what I really want to hone in on is that point you said about just going through the motions and checking the box. You know, oh, I went to this, the kids game. I went to their play at school and I said hi to them in the morning. You know, I think and those are all good things. But to I think what's more important is what you're describing. And that is that I'm really trying to connect with the other person in their heart.
1: Especially if you have four daughters. Like that's a <laughs> lot of feminine genius and a lot of heart. A lot there. of heart there. So <laughs> even just saying like, hey, Sally, darling daughter, how was your heart today? What's making you sad? What can I support you with? Like, how can I help you?
0: Yeah, I think, let me think about this at the level of our relationship and then, right, and then the Right, there's kids. a lot there. Yeah, so, I, and again, I'm still learning. Welcome any advice from other husbands out there so I could do a better job. But- diamonds,
1: <laughs> diamonds, diamonds. <laughs> just
0: kidding. <laughs> so I I just know that when I come home from work, I'm usually I'm oftentimes on the phone doing meetings still as I'm driving home and you know, I have to like really transition when I walk out of my car. And, and walk up the driveway into the house. I have to transition out of work mode. Sometimes
1: work mode comes at dinner time.
0: Sometimes work mode comes in. Time. And, and I, comes s- in. I
1: see him across the table and his <laughs> eyes are also... I can see he's... I'm like, Ted Sri has left the building. Where did you go? Come back to us. Sorry to interject that. I just had to share that.
0: So I... But I have to really try my best. And as you see, I I don't always get this right.
1: No, you get it right, but then you leave. But then you come back, but then you leave, depending on the day.
0: But I am trying to transition and then say, okay, I know that the main thing I need to do right now is connect with my wife. I know this, especially awareness. We've talked about this, too, that many times I've been away and then I come back home and how important Uh, it is for us to get that time together quickly. Yes. You know, and not like, oh, well, I'll just talk to her after we get the kids down, but really try to like, hey, honey, can we go for a walk or just hang out in the kitchen? And I'm just there helping you. I was doing that this last week when we got back from Benedictine recently and visiting there. So wanted to just like try to make that a priority that we're oriented from, whether it's coming home from a trip or just the office, listening to you, connecting there. And then I'm trying to do that with the kids as best I can. We have a full house. They're coming in and out with, you know, high school kids with their various activities and younger kids at soccer or or their homework and music. And so there's a lot of stuff. We have a very full life, but I do try to go and just grab, you know, even just a few minutes with one of the kids. I'll just sit down. Talk to them. You know, I just did this with one of our older boys. Just, you know, he came in uh, and just said, hey, before you go to bed, getting he was, he was ready to go to bed. And I didn't get a chance to talk to him much. Really quick. Just tell me how things are going. I got, you know, how is this? You know, how's the new team? Oh, how's the play going? Are you liking that? And then tell me about your friends. Just a little quick. It wasn't a I lot. Can... But it was just, I, I, my hope is that they just come to know, okay, dad really does care. He wants to know what's going on. And
1: remembering on. what's going on in their life. Like it's so easy for us just to get so absorbed in our stuff that we forget they had a big test they were gearing up for or they've been struggling to find time to eat the foods that are they need for their race or whatever. Or, you know, there's an issue on their soccer team or with the friends at school, you know, but to to keep track of the things that really matter to them and then follow up whether it's a text saying I'm praying for your test can't wait to hear how you did or when they come home how did that go I'm really curious I know you had this issue, you know like that stuff matters especially for females it matters yeah and then they'll then they'll feel more safe to bring you other things and then they'll be more safe to bring you the things that deeply matter to them because you've been faithful in smaller things
0: alright hope that was helpful there uh, we have another question there are a number of questions that came up uh, around the topic of NFP and usually not on green day questions those those are not, not a lot of questions on green day NFP <laughs> but but on the days when you have to abstain um
1: so, if you're trying to avoid
0: if you're trying to avoid yes and in the there was one uh, young couple that's getting ready for marriage that was asking about well okay so in those times when you you're trying to avoid and you can't is it okay to Still have some kind of physical intimacy? Is okay to make out? Was the question. So I, I think on this one, there's not a clear, like, dogmatic teaching from the Catholic Church. So I'm just going to offer advice here. Like, if this was my daughter asking, you know, or this was a, one of the focused missionaries, what, what would I say to them? I'd say, you know, again, I would want to be very clear. There's there's no clear teaching on it. There's some gray area in these matters. But one thing we do teach. For couples, when they're not married, that when they're holding hands, simple kisses, no problem. But when you get into passionate kissing, anything that starts to cause arousal in the other person or yourself that's not good for someone who's single. That's not married yet. You're, you're putting yourself in the near occasion of sin. And if that's true for the couple when they're single and they're not supposed to have sex because those things are meant to lead up toward the sexual act itself, I think I would want to be cautious. You know, And again, there's, very, there's various degrees on what someone means by making out, so that's why I'm hesitant to give a clear rule here. But I would say be careful because these things are meant to lead toward the full physical unit of act of sexual intimacy. And if you go too far down that road, it, it could be a challenge, particularly for the guy, that the guy gets so aroused that all of a sudden, oh, well, but we have to stop here. Uh, it could be really hard. Anything else you'd add?
1: No, I think you covered it. Okay. I mean, I just think it's ordered to that. And so you gotta you got to really pay attention to slowing it down and not allowing yourself early on to get to that point.
0: Okay. A couple other questions came up around uh, marriage status, like being married in the church, not being being married in the church. I want to share one particular situation of a man who's been married 10 years to somebody who is not baptized. And he says, we already have two children together and agreed to raise them Catholic. He says, I'm an active volunteer to the youth in our church, and it often hurts me to not be able to receive communion during mass. We discussed getting married by the church, but I feel... My wife is only doing it for me to be able to receive the Holy Eucharist, and she is not a true believer yet. What do we do in that situation? So, I, I would say on this one here, I would just really encourage you to get to, to to move forward, and if your spouse is willing to be married in the church, to do it. I, I'll, I'll share just here personally. So, I came from a home where my father was not Catholic. And my is not Catholic. And, and still is not Catholic. You could pray for him. He's the most
1: wonderful person though. <laughs> he's so virtuous and such a good man.
0: You could pray for my dad. Pray for Dr. Shree's dad. I pray that he will become Catholic. But he's a great man and he was very supportive of the Catholic faith and uh, us being raised. And they Catholic, were married and, in the church. And they were they were married in the church. He doesn't believe in the Catholic all the Catholic teachings and he's respectful and all. You know, but he was doing it. Because he saw this was so important for my mom, and he was willing to commit to the basics of what marriage is, and so I would say if your spouse is able to commit to the basics of of the what the truth is of marriage, you know they don't have to believe in the cat that Catholic Church. That's the whole point of still getting married there in that situation. So I would strongly encourage doing that. Uh, that puts you in right standing. And and And
1: who knows where it'll lead to if you're able to now receive Holy Communion based on that, you're going to have a greater gift of grace within you, within all your relationships, but also within your marriage. And who knows having your wife come to the altar with you to receive a a blessing of your marriage within the church, like what that could do for her, you know? Um, So even though she just wants to do it for you, that's something that's something really powerful and important, and I would take that as a huge blessing. And and yes, she loves you enough to want to do that for you and give you that gift, and to your family as well. I would just go for it. That's my mm-hmm. thought.
0: Well, we'll pray for that. Great Another passion. question I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, someone was sharing the story about being a convert, and before they converted to the Catholic faith, they very much into pornography, masturbation, and he converted Saw, heard the church's teachings, wanted to commit his life to following the the church's teachings on those two matters and never hasn't looked at porn since his conversion and hasn't fallen into masturbation since Praise his conversion. That's awesome. and, and he's noticed now He's he's a married man and he's noticed that this is blessed his marriage. And he said he was surprised at how much this has actually strengthened his marriage, uh, his his love for his spouse, their union, their friendship together, uh, now that he's been free of those things. But not just that, he says even that their actual sexual intimacy together has been better since he's freed himself from that. So that is a, that is a great story, a, a great gift of God's grace in someone's life. We all know people who struggle with this. I bet there's many people listening right now that have a struggle either with pornography and masturbation. Hear the story of God's grace being able to liberate someone and the blessings it brings for the marriage relationship. Now, this person did have a question though and said, "Even though I have fallen away from those sins, I've turned away from those, I still struggle with lust," he says. "I struggle with looking at other women lustfully. I take glances, long glances at their at body parts," he's explaining, and "I feel badly that I do that. What advice do you have?" <laughs> uh, and I would just say first of all, God bless you to be aware that this is you know God uh, that this is an area you need to grow in is a really good thing. There are many men out there that don't think pornography and masturbation are wrong. you you, you realized that a long time ago uh, and and you've been faithful to the church's teachings on that front. But you're realizing that lust isn't just the big, sins of pornography masturbation but you're seeing how even looking lustfully at someone lustful glances lustful thoughts really does hurt our hearts it hurts our union with our spouse it objectifies the other women that you you see that there's a problem there a lot of catholic men don't see this you know, they might say, oh, I, I don't commit adultery. I'm not having affairs, but they give in to just always looking everywhere they are. They're just constantly looking at women in this way. The awareness you have is the first step to fighting this battle. Thank the Lord. I think you really should just fall on your knees and thank Jesus. Jesus, thank you for showing this to me. Thank you for helping me to see this is something I need to work on. And then as you are on your knees, beg him, say, Jesus, give me the grace. Give me the grace to to stop looking lustfully at others you know, this is, this is the deeper healing God wants to do in our hearts because our hearts are not meant to be divided. Our hearts as, as men are meant to be completely given, well, to God, first and foremost, but if we're called to the sacrament of matrimony, I need to give my heart undivided to my wife. But if I'm looking around at other people and their bodies and looking at them lustfully, my heart's divided. And, and so I, I want to give my heart wholly to Beth. And so I need to work on, you know, guarding my eyes, guarding my thoughts, guarding my imagination. And this is just all a part of the Catholic spiritual, ascetical life where we're practicing detachment from things that give us pleasure, not because the pleasure is bad, but this is not oriented toward what is good. And so here's, this is what I would invite you to do. Do like a 30 day challenge or make it longer if you need to do some kind of challenge. Some people talk about Exodus 90 Do a 90 day challenge, pick it at nine 30, 60, 90 days and, and make a commitment and just say, you know, I'm not going to look at these other women in their body parts. I mean, you know, I look at their face. I look at their eyes. I will not look at their legs. I will not look at their breasts. I will not look at their, you know, whatever parts of their bodies, you know, and just make a commitment. And then Say a hail mary every time you're you're going to be very tempted to to look at if you have a pattern of doing it, it's going to be hard, and just know it will be hard at first. But just like when you're working out at the gym, you know, like I I got into a big habit of working out in the gym with my my college age son, and when he was here over the summer and or, or last summer, and we were working out, then my other son were working out, and then I got injured, and then we weren't able to get to the gym, and now I'm out of the gym. I've I've probably lost many, many pounds of what I can lift <laughs> from where I was before. And it wasn't that high to begin with. Uh, but I know that if I go back and get in the habit, I can exercise that muscle and it'll eventually get better. So know that the battle will be really hard up front. That's why making at least a 30-day commitment, Jesus, I'm going to just try my best. I'm going to pray a Hail Mary every time. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look at their face. I'm not going to allow myself to look. You will start to develop that moral muscle and it will get easier.
1: I have two things to add. Um, Know that whenever you commit to however much time, you are going to fail. And commit to getting back on that horse. Don't let the shame of failure overpower you, but know that it's in the getting back on the horse of the commitment to do better. That is where the battle is won, not in not falling off necessarily. That will come in time. But if you allow yourself to get taken out and stay down, then you've lost definitively. So get back on the horse quickly and honestly. I would go to confession more often uh, regularly, whether it's every week, every two weeks, while you're committing to this. And I would also just ask Jesus when you're on your knees to pray that you will be given his eyes to see the dignity of your sisters when you encounter them in their beauty. So yes, pray that you can stop lusting, but pray to have the the grace and the virtue to, to really just see them with his eyes and with his love and with his care, which is for their good as well as your own.
0: Well, so many other questions came in that we were not able to get to in this round, but just know a couple of weeks down the road, we're going to do another Q&A. Uh, and if you have any further questions on this or anything related to marriage, you can send that to us at info.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. Thanks again, listeners, for all your, your wonderful questions, your love for the faith, your love for marriage and wanting to have stronger marriages. This is a wonderful blessing for us, and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.